simply will not buy the world that the elders have given them. They see too much hypocrisy in it. They see too many things that are wrong with it. And I think that the elders are going to have to realize that they simply can no longer browbeat youth into following its established path. Welcome back to Sunset Politics. Today I'm here with Molly. <laughs> Sam is is not with us, but that is because he is out um, camping, and I'm very jealous. But me too. Today, today we're doing a little short because we can't have all three of us. Uh, we're going to talk about something that happened a, a while ago: uh, President Biden's trip to the Middle East and specifically Saudi Arabia, um, which was interesting. Uh, yes, quite I'm, controversial. Yeah. Um, you may have seen the, the image going around of um, President Biden fist bumping the Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, who is the, although not the official head of state, um, the de facto ruler of, of Saudi Arabia. So uh, there were some other things discussed in the meeting, um, but it was kind of all overshadowed by the image of the fist bump, um, which is controversial because Saudi Arabia has engaged in a lot of um, human rights abuses in, you know, both against their own population with the restrictive laws that they implement and in Yemen um, with the war that they're currently engaging in. And um, they also murdered a journalist, Jamal Khashoggi, who was um, born in Saudi Arabia, but moved to America and was working for the Washington Post at the time. And the, the killing was found to be ordered by Prince Mohammed bin Salman, who was seen fist bumping President Biden. So, yeah. And just to like kind of jump into our conversation, I think part of why that photo is so controversial and so widespread and actually, like you said, more public um, than even the visit itself is because of the fact that there have been many calls from U.S. officials and just citizens for the U.S. to condemn the killing of this journalist. But as we saw, um, President Biden is still, see, or still seems to have a good relationship with the Crown Prince, which I think is a bit interesting because of how we uphold ourselves as such a free country and such a democracy, and how you know we want to up, uphold human rights. But we seem to be very close and cozy with the Saudis, which I think is very interesting. Yeah, um, President Biden is, you know. And really, like a lot of U.S. presidents going back for a while have done this thing where we're like, yeah, we're going to continue to support you. But like, we don't like that you're doing these human rights abuses, but like, we're not going to do anything about it. Um, It's like the the war in Yemen, for example, has been heavily backed by the U.S. And President Biden on the campaign trail and early in his term in office said that it was a goal of his end the war in Yemen. Um, That hasn't happened yet. Uh, No. There, there has been a, a ceasefire backed by the UN that just got renewed partially as a result of the meeting, but like it was probably going to be anyway. Um, so for since like April, I think it was like April and it was renewed again in June and it was renewed again, like in August. And that's led to a lot of relative peace, but it's still, it's not an end of the war. Saudi Arabia still has troops there and there's still a blockade, which has been the the most 
dangerous part of the the whole affair. Um, yeah. I just think it's very scary that even in 2022, the U.S. is continuing to, like you said, not necessarily support what they're doing but also not do anything to stop it that's like explicitly like saying like if you don't stop doing this like we don't want to have any sort of connection with you because like what's happening in Yemen is just so sad and so scary and I feel like because of what the Saudi Arabian government is doing like there's so many children and people in general who are hungry and who are really really suffering and so I just I don't know I have a really hard time as an American being okay with the relationship that we have with Saudi Arabia, I think. Yeah. The, um, the blockade, just to get more about the blockade. So you really understand the depth of it. Um, the justification is that it's supposed to prevent shipments of weapons from Iran, uh, which is, it's unnecessary because the UN already has a system in the ports for doing that, which has um, been investigated by, I believe an American investigator um, who said that it was, it worked very well that it prevented weapons from getting in and that yet the blockade still continues and the blockade is against also against fuel and um, certain uh, food and humanitarian supplies shipments, which is absolutely inhumane. And the fuel thing is actually a big deal because a lot of hospitals run on fuel. So hospitals haven't really been able to work at full capacity because there's no fuel. Um, the food that does get in can't be shipped anywhere because there's no fuel um, for trucks and vehicles at all. Um, and that blockade has been supported by the U.S. for a long time. Um, USAID has been critical to to that blockade going on. Um, and a lot of people called for President Biden to pressure the Saudis to end the blockade, and he didn't. Um, he just kind of said that he didn't like it. Um, also... I feel like you've like read up on this a little bit more recently than I have. Like, would you mind like telling people who are listening in what kind of things were um, discussed when Biden met with the crown prince as well? Yeah. So there's um, the, the white house put out a a list of like things that came out of it. Um, And a lot of it was like kind of um, procedural stuff. A lot of it was actually pretty good, like um, supporting, uh, investment in worldwide infrastructure frameworks for cooperation on 5g networks um other stuff like that um uh, there was also the some stuff about yemen there was we had the truce that continued um and saudi arabia pledged to donate money to support infrastructure in yemen um and that's about it that's that's all that was discussed about yemen um and then about the killing of jamal khashoggi President Biden just kind of said, um, we don't like that you did that. Um, and that he basically, yeah, there was like no action taken. He just kind of told the prince that he didn't like that. Uh, so, yeah, it's, you know, a lot of a lot of economic agreements came out of it, but not really a ton regarding human rights or press freedom, which have been major issues. Oh, yeah. And that's really interesting that, like you said, he basically was just like, we don't like that you did that. But it wasn't like, you know, if you don't make up, I don't, honestly, I don't have the room to talk for like what they should do to them. But like, I feel, I don't know, there just should be some sort of accountability that needs to happen there. There needs to be accountability. And the fact that he wasn't like, 
you know, if you don't take accountability for this and do something about it, we're going to do X, Y, or Z. And kind of, it was just like, we're not cool with it. Like, what does that really do? Like, what is that really? Like, they're not going to feel like they need to do anything or change their, the way that they're acting. If there's not like any sort of, even though I don't like, you know, I think sanctions are good and bad. Like, I think that there needs to be just something that's more like, you need to take accountability for this. You did this and it's not okay. And we're not going to be able to support you if you're acting this way. But I mean, you don't have to sanction them. Just, you know, cut right. off the military aid. If the, if the, if the aid keeps flowing through, if the yeah, weapons deals no, exactly. keep flowing through, why should I care if he doesn't like that I killed a journalist? I'm just going to keep doing it anyway because he's going to keep giving me money. Oh, totally. Totally. And like something I will say too is like as somebody who's like an Arab American and like has a dad who grew up in the Middle East, like we really do not like my family does not like the Saudi Arabian government and we think that they are like really just icky and don't really follow the morals that they claim like um, like for example, for people listening, like if you don't already know, Saudi Arabia claims to be a very religious Islamic country, but they don't the crown prince and his brothers don't even really follow or I don't know if he has brothers, his whoever's in the family, all the princes. I know there's like a lot of princes in Saudi, but a lot of them don't even follow the religion itself. And they do a lot of the things that are like, you're not supposed to do. They're very greedy. Um, and they just give like the, the religion, like a really bad like face basically. Cause a lot of people, when they think of Islam or, you know, being Muslim, they think of Saudi Arabia because that's like where the holy city is that people go to do Hajj at. And so uh, Mecca and so I think that it's kind of sad because it kind of takes that and puts it in like a negative connotation, you could say. And um, like the, I mean, we've they've had rulers in Saudi who have been a little more willing to stand up to the Americans when they've done things that like aren't aligned with like, I guess you could say like Middle Eastern morals is like one way to put it. But also they just have, they've had a lot of rulers who just don't care and like will do whatever they want and don't care about how it's affecting anybody. So I think that it's just, it's a very interesting family. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know too much about the experience of, of living there because I've never lived there, but um, you know, from what I have read about the family, it seems like they've been criticized a lot for corruption um, because it's, it's essentially an absolute monarchy um, or really like a, a oligarchy. A lot of the decisions are basically made like among the, the Royal family. Um, so yeah oh yeah and it seems like they're very willing to like change their like values or like beliefs if it will benefit them in terms of like aid or just finances in general so i think that that's really interesting as well um but i think it'll be interesting to see in the coming years as well how our relationship with them changes depending on who the next president is um like if Biden does end up running again or if Trump decides to run again or whoever the Republican nominee is um, or if Biden steps down. Like, I'm just curious, honestly, to see if that relationship shifts in any way. Like if we have somebody who's like willing to stand up to them and be like, we're done with you. Like, we don't want to have an alliance with you of any kind. Um, but yeah. yeah, I I highly doubt that any president would, would go that extreme. But I think, you know, there is potential for for someone to come and, and challenge um, Saudi Arabia on uh, on certain issues more than than Biden has to say, we're going to stop supporting you militarily unless you you change some things. Um, because, I mean, we do get a lot strategically out of our relationship with Saudi Arabia. So that's why a lot of politicians have been unwilling to, 
to sort of challenge Saudi Arabia, even though like they need us a lot more than we need them, you know, like, um, like they'd be, they probably would be willing to, to make some changes if we, you know, ask them to, um, or not ask them to, but we like said, Hey, we're going to like actually do stuff. They would be willing to, to meet demands, um, kind of. I think it's also interesting because yeah, like you said, like they need us more than like we need them because a lot of the other Middle Eastern countries don't even like want to really be associated as much anymore with them because of some of the policies that they support and like their positions that they've taken because they want to be like in the U.S. as good graces and such. And so I think that they definitely need us more than we need them because of those like factors for sure. Uh, If if Trump becomes president again, he was... He was very willing to cozy up to the Saudis. Um, he did not care at all about the humanitarian abuses. Um, he didn't even say he didn't like him. Uh, so, if <laughs> that's, that's Trump's foreign policy is, I don't know, it's just horrible. Um, uh, just a side note on Trump's foreign policy, not relating to Saudi Arabia, but like relating to Iran. Um, he pulled out of the Iran nuclear deal, which was like what was preventing Iran from. Uh, creating a nuclear program and then you posted a um like a four minute like campaign style video the other day um and he was basically saying the democrats are allowing iran to build nukes it's like you were the one that pulled us out of the deal (laughs) um yikes yeah that's embarrassing (laughs) what's it called um yeah no trump is very president trump is very interesting because he, I mean, I can hear it in his voice being like, yes, the Saudis, wonderful people, great people, you know, like, I I bargained with that. Like, I don't know. I could just hear in his, like, little annoying voice, like, him making up some sort of excuses for, like, why he wants to be besties with them. So, I don't know. I, I think it's very interesting. And, like, I, I told, I know I, like, after our recording last week, I was telling you, like, to watch that video um, but, like, if you're curious, too, just, like, people listening to hear, like, more about the history of, like, Saudi Arabia and the U.S., I definitely recommend watching this YouTube video. It's called How the U.S. Stole the Middle East. And it sounds like it's, like, very, like, intense and all that. But I feel like the they do – the guy does a really good job, I think, at explaining, like, the long-term history behind Saudi Arabia and the United States and, like, how it's grown to what it is today. Um, and he, like the guy who made the video, I don't know his name, but he has a lot of really interesting other videos on his channel. Um, and yeah, I definitely recommend looking into him if you're interested in learning more. Yeah, we've we've discussed this a lot. I think bottom line, the point is America needs to use its position as a world leader to actually advocate for human rights instead of just um, saying that that's what we stand for, because uh, you know, in recent history, America's actually lost kind of its standing as the bastion of human rights. Um, you know, one of the things that Ben Salman talked to Biden about was Abu Ghraib, which was the uh, a, a prison where the U.S. abused a bunch of prisoners during the Iraq War. So we've kind of lost our reputation. Uh, we need to get it back. Uh, it starts. It can start in a lot of places. Yes, I agree. I also think like. The U.S. going forward, like, unfortunately, our foreign policy, like, seems to really favor certain countries in the Middle East, like Saudi Arabia, for example. And I feel like 
we need to be better at trying to connect with some of the other countries and like just creating like I really don't think we should like be involved too much in the Middle East because of all the damage that we have done but I think that it's about trying to make up for that damage by just like I don't know having like good relations like cordial relations with like at least other countries that aren't just like the main couple that they seem to be close with so I think that's like my last thoughts as well all right see you I think we're probably we're gonna try and do another video next week or podcast a full episode with Sam um there's been a lot of news this week that we're gonna cover at some point thank y'all for tuning in sunset out (laughs) 